Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Howdy, welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks, and I'm joined by the Malik Wilkes to my Jared Bowen. It's just Impeach. How are you? I'm alright. No, I'm not alright. I'm not no, alright at all, really. Right, no. no, no. Woke up this morning, Justin. Something's hit my car, haven't they? Driven off. They not, even, yeah. not even left a note. I've seen the damage. Yeah. It, it is, yeah, it's a pretty sad situation for yeah. you. Knocked off the uh, wing mirror. You've had the car less than a year, haven't you, as well? Oh, no. No, it's over a year now. Yeah, oh. a bit. Um, but, you know, these things happen. It's one of the negatives of owning a car. Cost me a bit of money because someone just couldn't be bothered to stop after hitting my car. So, cheers for that. You're a forgiving person now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm really forgiving. You absolute toilet of a man. Or woman. <laughs> Don't know who it was. Or robot. Let's not rule anything out. No, no, or dog, which would explain why it got hit if it was a dog, I suppose. Anyway, Justin, <laughs> we were at a game yesterday. We were, we And were. it was a bloody good game as well, it wasn't was. it? It was, it was a cracking game. Yeah, we went to Brentford against Blackburn at Griffin Park. Mm. Did you enjoy it? Uh, yeah, I really did. Yeah. I was, I was surprised at the, the hospitality. Yeah. yeah, everyone was very welcoming, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those, uh, not a stereotypical community club, but Brentford does epitomise the word community club. Yeah, yeah. I had a great time. And we'll quickly touch on this game because um, we're releasing an episode in midweek where we were basically talking about our time while at the game. And we'll, uh, it will, that'll probably come out on about Tuesday, I reckon. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can hear that then. We'll spend a bit of time talking about this game just quickly yeah. uh, because it does feel like it was two points dropped for both sides, really, doesn't it? One of those games, yeah, obviously. Mm. Blackburn going 2-0 up. And then to be pegged back to 2-2, yeah, two points dropped. And then Brentford throwing two goals away. You know, Ray was at fault for both of the goals, potentially. Obviously, Pinnock missed the, missed the header. But yeah, two points dropped is probably, for, for both teams, is probably a fair fair assessment of that game. Yeah, yeah, Ollie Watkins, absolute screamer. What For me, a goal of the season contender. It wasn't his best game, but it's incredible to look at him now compared to how he was last season. Because last season he was a winger, you know, cutting inside, mm-hmm. scoring a few goals, setting up a few as well. But now he's developed into this all-round striker and he looks the real deal because he can do it all now, can't yeah. he? Yeah, no, I've obviously seen him a couple of times this season already and he's impressed me every time. For large parts of the game he was fairly quiet, but he really comes alive when... That front three is, is working at, at, his, at his tilt. And the final half an hour of yesterday's game, they were on fire. They created a lot of chances and Watkins was at centre of those chances. Yeah, and speaking of brilliant strikers, Adam Armstrong, just getting better and better. He contributed to 14 goals in his last 16 games now. And it's getting to the point where it's not just a run of form anymore. He's full of confidence. Yeah. Brentford were all over the place because of him last night, uh, mm. last night yesterday. And at this very moment, he's one of the best strikers in the league, really, isn't he? Yeah, form strikers. He's got that ability. We saw it a few years ago. I think I mentioned it before. We saw it a few years ago when he was firing him in for fun at Coventry and, and Barnsley. He has that uh, ability. He's got it in him. He's quick as well, which... You know, it's 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 so hard to defend it, like especially on a windy day, as we saw yesterday with the goal he got on the other side of Pinnock. Um yeah, he's one of those strikers that can really, really hit the top level, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he, as I say, he's only getting better and better, so it'll be interesting to see how far he goes. Um he's definitely been the main figure, I suppose, in this 
playoff push that Blackburn are currently on mm-hmm. at the moment and he's still very much leading it. But that's enough about this game. As I say, if you want to hear more about it, we'll talk about it in full length in a nice little specific episode on Tuesday. So yeah. you have that to look forward to. Let's go to the top of the table, Justin, where Brest Brom are still there after thumping Bristol City 3-0. Um, Remain Sawyers sent off for trying to choke slam Jamie Patterson. Completely forgot about that. It's a bit of a weird one, wasn't it, really? Yeah, although Patterson does wallop him on wallop him on the side of the ankle for absolutely no reason. He's nowhere near the ball, he just mm. kicks him on his ankle. So yeah, that is annoying. Probably wouldn't get someone in a chokehold if it happened to me though. No, no. What 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 would make you put someone in a chokehold? Someone hitting my car um overnight. It's still it's too soon just okay. I'm, still, I'm still very bitter um, but a great performance from West Brom capitalising on the mistakes from Bristol yeah, City absolutely. mostly um, particularly how Robson Carnu's second goal that finish oh absolutely superb outside of the foot is that his weak foot as well his left foot yeah no it's his strong is foot is that his strong foot either way it's a beautiful goal and it just goes to show what confidence he's got at the moment because he has he he had that really nice spell in the in about third of the way through the season yeah. where he looked absolutely on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gone a bit quiet recently, but that yesterday just showed how good he has been this season, really, hasn't he? Yeah, well, nine goals in in twenty eight games for him this season. I didn't expect him to be. I didn't expect him to feature as much as he has. I don't think anybody did. No. He obviously started the game with a suspension. Uh, start, sorry, started the season with a suspension this season. So I almost thought that maybe, obviously with Austin and Zahor coming in for fairly big money. Yeah, and he's didn't, kept them both out. We're exactly. talking about two strikers who are very accomplished at this level, particularly mm-hmm. Austin. Yeah. And he's kept them both out because of not just the way that he scores goals, but he sets them up and yeah, we all know what he's like physically and his work rate his his link up play as well is is so important especially when you've got players like well now you've got Robinson Diangana earlier on in the season Pereira you, you need a forward up there who's going to who's going to gel everything together in that final third and he does that perfectly yeah. and um, he's got this newfound confidence in front of goal um, which has really really propelled him to one of the one of the more complete strikers in the league. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And the way it's going, it's looking more and more likely, isn't it, that West Brom are going to be cut adrift at the moment, doesn't it? The nine points clear now. Cut adrift at the top. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nine points clear of third place, I believe. Yeah, well, um, it's a statement win as well. 3-0 going yeah. to Bristol City. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bristol City don't have a great record against the top sides this season, no, but really still you can only beat who's in front of you. Exactly. They've done it in convincing yeah. fashion. Do you think West Brom... Uh, probably going to go on and get promoted now? Well, I think the, the players that they've got in there, they can take them to another level. Again, Hagazi in defence has hardly featured this season, as much as I thought he'd feature a lot more. Um, they've got players, what point is, they've got players to come in. Dean Garnis not getting in the side at the moment. Robinson, Phillips, there's so many good players in the side that it's hard to see them dropping off with the quality they have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two straight losses for Bristol City. They were against Leeds and West Brom, though. Um, not particularly great performances in that time, though. Um, they're now three points off the playoffs. Yeah, uh, Bit of a tricky spell for Bristol City, but as we say, you can't really judge them too much from those two games, can you? I, you've got to look for performances, haven't you? They, they, <clears throat> the final, well, I say the game against Derby started to creep in, didn't it? They, they looked poor against Derby. They got three goals, deservedly bad defending from Derby, but they got three goals in that game. Um, and then last 20 minutes, they were really poor, let Derby back into it. And I think that seeped into Leeds. They didn't lay a glove on Leeds. And again, today, uh, sorry, yesterday, they didn't, they didn't challenge West Brom, really. It was very comfortable for West Brom and, and mistakes, individual errors are starting to creep into each. Each, each player, Daniel Bentley, who's been tremendous all season for, for Bristol City, see making making mistakes yesterday. It's, it's mm. not a good time to be doing it. No, not at all. It's going to be an interesting run-up to the business end of the season Absolutely. for Lee Johnson's side. Leeds created a bit of breathing space in the top two, though, with a 1-0 win over Reading. Pablo Hernandez with the only goal. Uh, as per usual, Leeds, loads of chances, managing to put it away a bit earlier than they usually yeah. manage to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bielsa's side are five points clear of Fulham in third after mm-hmm. the rest of the promotion chasers drop points. So, it's looking 
like Leeds are in a pretty good position at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, the, the breathing space again. Um, it gives them. It will, it will give you confidence when you know you've got a bit of a gap between the teams behind it you. Takes the pressure off. Exactly, it? exactly. And we all know the, the pressure that comes with Leeds United. Um, so getting getting results when other teams are dropping points is, is pivotal. And it's back to back wins at Ellen Road, which is which is really important. Um, back to back clean sheets, which it's good to see them getting back on. Onto that level mm. because we saw him conceding goals, yeah, sloppy left, goals yeah, as sloppy well, goals. especially with Kiko Casilla because yeah. he was turning into a bit of a sieve and yeah, making mistakes yeah, all yeah. over the place. But he had a good game yesterday, mm-hmm. from the sounds of it. Uh, interestingly, Leeds only have one of the top seven to play for the rest of the season. Very interesting. But do you think that's an advantage or a disadvantage? You, it's interesting because you almost think, yeah, they're playing teams now below the playoff places so mm. they should beat them convincingly but those teams will sit in against Leeds and Leeds do struggle against teams who play a low block let Leeds have the ball they have struggled this season against teams like that um, so it's going to be an intriguing last 12 games I think mm. So do you think it's an advantage or disadvantage? Because the argument would be Brentford for example they've got to play a few of the sides left in the top 7 mm-hmm. so they'd look at that and say well we've got it's all on our own heads if yeah. we've got to win those games and then who knows where we'll be whereas Leeds they've just got to get their own results haven't they and just hope that the results elsewhere don't go against them yeah they just they, I mean if they avoid performances like they did against Wigan Millwall um, then and Cardiff as well then yeah it's, it's an advantage but who knows with Leeds Mm. Uh, no shame in losing two leads away for Reading, no. but just one win in nine league games for Mark Bowen's side. Uh, we know their season is pretty much over, but their recent form isn't exactly something to cheer about, really, is it? No, and we've said like the, the midfield uh, for Reading is is a talented midfield, um, and they've got good forwards and they've got good defenders. But if they finish below mid-table, it's an incredibly poor season because there are teams that are above them who have for large spells of the season, again, have been really poor. You're looking at Derby, QPR, and Reading are looking like they might finish below the teams like that. Mm. Um, when you consider the amount of money they spend as well, exactly. we keep going on about it, yeah. but I don't have it in front of me, but they must have spent a lot more than a lot of the teams in the top half. Yeah, it'll be and interesting. And they're just going to have a bang average season. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to... to to compare the, the spend with the teams towards you know, some point in the season uh, we've got an international break coming up in, in March so it'll be a good time to do it then mm. but as you say perhaps it is a it is a good season because they're not in danger of getting relegated and they've had a few really they've struggled in, in previous seasons so mm. perhaps it's a good season in that sense but as you say with the quality in the squad they need to be doing better yeah absolutely Forrest missed the chance to go third after drawing 0-0 with QPR but should they have had a goal disallowed Justin Yes. Well, Joe Wobble's <laughs> header was ruled out after the wind meant the ball was moving when Joe Lolly took his corner. Uh, so you think it should have been disallowed? Absolutely. Well, my argument is, over the past two weeks or so, there have been so many incidents where the ball was moving during a set piece because the wind was just so strong. Mm-hmm. And, for example, if that corner had been taken and... Joe Worrell headed it over. Yeah. The referee wouldn't call it back and tell him to take the corner again, would he? Might have. No, he wouldn't. It's all listening. Because it's, it's happened it's before. Work, I've seen it? I've been to games where the ball has just moved before the set piece taker's taken it and it's not gone in. Okay, but the no one's at an advantage or disadvantage because Worrell's missed a chance. However, Worrell scored this op- scored this scored from this corner, so uh, Forest, have they gained an advantage from a rolling ball situation? Yes, they have because they scored from it. They haven't gained an advantage. If anything, it makes it harder for Lolly because the ball's just moved just before he's about to take it. it I know, it's, I know states... it's technically against the rules, but it's one of those rules for me where you just let it go at the end of the day. Okay, well, if you let it go then, but then you've got to let it go the next time and then the next time. And well, then, that's what and I mean. And then everyone's going to be kicking rolling balls no, and it's I'm going to be chaos, is that over the past couple chaos. of weeks or so, it's been like a hurricane at every single ground across England and, they, and, and Wales. <laughs> and, <laughs> and referees have just let the balls, when they've moved at the last minute, just let it go. But in this case, just because it's gone in, they've pulled it back. It wasn't as bad yesterday as it has been in previous weeks. Okay, 
No, but it still moved. Stormellon hasn't quite. Is it Stormellon? I'm sure. I'm yeah. That's. I didn't realise this was officially a storm. So many storms. Okay, exactly. It's not officially a storm. It's just a windy day. Therefore, therefore, okay. It's it sh- it should have been disallowed. I think it's very harsh, but at the same time, I suppose I would be complaining if I'd be the goal had stood. So I don't know. I don't know where I stand on this. Anyway, yes. it is a point for Forrest, and th- there wasn't really that many chances in this game, particularly Lewis Grabin had a massive one. Um, mm. But that was about it, really. So not a great performance from the Forest perspective. No. Um, Forest winless in the last three now since beating Leeds. Uh, we had assumed they'd comfortably finish in the top six, but Bristol City are in seventh. They're only three points behind Forest now, so it's not set in stone yet, is it? No, that the, the worrying thing is with Forest is Grabin has missed some key chances at key times in games over the, since the Leeds game. Mm. Um, we saw against Leeds. That for me is a bit of a worry because it's your your striker who gets your goals, the only striker who gets your goals, and he's he's missing fluffing um, big chances at big at big um, times. So that ultimately is is, is costing him points. Mm. It'd be interesting to see what Graben's conversion rate has been recently because he's not been as clinical no, as he hasn't. was in the yeah. first half of the season. Uh, from the QPR side of things, it's not like them to be relatively solid defensively and then poor going forwards but I think they'll take it in this case won't they they've had a couple of games like this over the season haven't they where they've gone on a run where they've conceded a ridiculous amount of goals and then they've looked really solid for a game and then mm. they sort of filter back into that mode again but it's it's, it's 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 games like this where you think okay just just build on just build on this and then you can be a good all-round side um but it doesn't. It's just not seemed to. It's not seemed. It's not happened for QPR this season. No. Um, but it's it's building blocks for next season. If they can keep a keep a good core group of players together that they have at the moment, then you know more performances like this next season could see them rise up the table. Yeah, they're fifteenth at the moment. In third is Fulham. They drew one all with Derby on Friday night. Alexander Mitrovic uh, scoring to equalise for the Cottagers. What did you make of this game? You were there. Yeah, I was I was really surprised at how flat and poor Fulham were. The mm. Derby had countless chances, um, and if it wasn't for a good performance from Rodak, who made some four or five really good saves to keep Fulham in the game, then uh, you know if it's Rodak of last week, Derby would have won five or six one. Yeah, the thing is with Fulham is they pass the ball a hell of a lot, yeah. don't they? Yeah. But during that game on Friday night, I was watching it and I just thought they're not going anywhere. No, they're no. just needlessly passing the ball around and eventually the goal comes from a cross well that we spoke about it yesterday didn't we that the one time they did cross from a deep position Mitrovic gets on the end of it yeah. and, he and at the end of the day they've got the best number nine in exactly. the league and it's so frustrating it's so frustrating it's so frustrating it? It, this side has got so much quality in it but it doesn't seem like this hold on to the ball style of play that Parker plays mm-hmm. is necessarily taking advantage of this enormous amount of talent you've got in the side like Knockyart this season he I think Friday night's game pretty much summed him up well, where he's having to come deep to get a touch of the ball yeah. and can't influence the game he's got three goals this season mm. um, Rooney poor by his standards yeah Rooney scored his fourth goal of the season um, <laughs> on, uh, on Friday um, what I sort of got to the bottom of it when I was talking to my dad about it at the game was Knockyart in his two previous seasons in the championship, um, where they got promoted, he was almost he was part of a four four two, wasn't he? Yeah. With Leicester and Brighton, and he was given not necessarily a free role, but it's almost express yourself. You're you're the go to man, and he doesn't have that for them. So I think that might be hindering him a bit. Mm. That there's a more of a collective around the team rather than relying on Knockhart to to create a spark. And he has been really poor this season. Um, poor. Really poor. I mean, there are quite a few players who you could point the finger at this season. No, absolutely. And say they're not pulling their weight. Let's talk about Derby because Wayne Rooney scored again. His fourth goal this season, yeah. as you just mentioned. A Penenka. A delightful Penenka. Um, what what I really liked about his Penenka was Knockout giving him shit, basically. <laughs> and then Rooney just pulls out a Penenka. Yeah, yeah. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, knock it on. But yeah, four goals for Rooney now this season. He's... Mm. He is having an effect on this Derby team, isn't he? And even though um, I know quite a few Derby fans have been watching his games and 
been thinking that he's not been having that much of an influence. I think he actually is. It's just he's doing the things that you don't really notice. Yeah. Is that fair to say? No, absolutely. His, his range of passing is good. His, his leadership has helped in that midfield. Mm. Massively. Um, I think when you look at Max Bird, for example, exactly, he's benefited massively from having someone like Wayne Rooney mm. next to him. No, no, definitely. It's, uh, there's no... It's not a coincidence that players like Max Bird, Jason Knight in, in that midfield, and Dwayne Holmes as well, they've improved drastically since Rooney's come in because Rooney's almost taken a hell of a lot of the weight off of their shoulders mm. um, and allowed those those players to express themselves and it's paying dividends for them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can underestimate the impact Wayne Rooney's having mm. at Derby County. In sixth are Preston, who got a well-deserved 2-1 win over Hull. Alan Brown getting the winner. Really impressive performance from Alex Neal's boys. Uh, just one loss now since New Year's Day and mm-hmm. they're sixth. Uh, what did you make of this performance? Yeah, it's a good, good performance from Preston. Went a goal behind as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and am I right in saying that no team is... No, I'm not going to... That's a stat. I'm putting that out of the air. Making stuff up as you go along. Absolutely. Love to do it. Um, but no, I think Preston are starting to get back to the form they were at in the first sort of quarter of the season, yeah. um, which is it's a, it's a really good time to be doing it, obviously, in the final 12 games. Um, they're looking very compact. They're scoring goals. They're edging teams out. And... All players are having an impact. I know you bemoaned Steve Nugent's um, impact last week, but Stockley came on um, mm. yesterday and it's created like I had a point <laughs> and created um, Alan Brown's goal. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Preston's next couple of games: Fulham and West Brom. Tricky, but if they're wanting to go up, then the kind of games that you want to be getting something from. Really, absolutely, isn't it? absolutely. I think they can pick up points against those two teams. I the think- thing is, they're away though. And we all know okay. Preston have the best home form in the league. Mm-hmm. They've they've made Deepdale a fortress, but their away form is the one reason why they're not higher in the table. Yeah, yeah it's it is a conundrum, but you know, as I said, now's the time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just two points from Hall's last eight league games. A really alarming run of form, and they're even not playing very well in those games no. either. So it's a very concerning time to be a Hall City fan and. The way things are going, I mean, not too long ago we were saying they could potentially be a dark horse for promotion, but I was anyway. Yeah. Uh, but since losing Bowen and Grosicki, now seven points off the bottom three. So yeah, you think, can't roll them out, can you? Certainly not. I think the, the poor performances and poor form started to seep in when both Bowen and Grosicki was there. So I don't think it's down to them completely. Of course, you've taken out a lot of the, their attack, um, a big portion of their, their attack through Bowen and Grosicki is now gone. There's reliance on other players, but those players that have come in, they you need bet, you need time to bet in, especially coming in the January transfer window. So it is a difficult point to come in. And as you said, would you be looking over your shoulder as a Hull City fan? I definitely would. I definitely would at the moment. I mean, you look at obviously losing Baron and Grisicki's an obvious blow, and they've been badly hit by injuries as well, which is something we can't underestimate. But that side that started on Saturday. It must have been one of the worst Hall sides that I've they've played in the last 10 years because it was a really mm-hmm. poor side. Yeah. And people are quick to blame Grant McCann, as you usually would during a bad run of form. But I don't think there were too many managers who would be able to get a tune out of the squad that he's having to make do with at the moment, really. I mean, he had a poor squad at the start of the season and we laid into it, didn't we? Mm. We weren't impressed by McCann as an appointment or the squad at Hall City, but... He got them to a really good position in the table and then obviously your two best attacking players get pulled from under your feet. Injuries. And injuries as well. What are you going to do? You're going to struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's look at the bottom of the table then where Wigan continued their fight to stay up with a 1-0 win over Millwall. Uh, Sean Hutchinson's goal was own goal that is was the <laughs> difference um, Wigan really making a fight out of it aren't they no obviously this season I've been very quick to uh, lambast Wigan and Paul Cook but the last six games especially they're sixth in the form table they've been really really good they lost one in six yeah and the, the performances as well are getting better they're picking up points they're scoring goals exactly yeah it's it's a, it's, a, it's a good time to be a Wigan fan finally this season <laughs> I haven't said that much this season no. have we and you've got to say, if they manage to keep this up for the rest of the season, they will get out of there. Absolutely, won't they? no, because the teams above them are—they're dropping points. They're dropping like they're dropping down the table like like anything. Mm. Um, yeah, if they keep up this form 
And I, I think they can. We've said they've got um, good ability in their squad. It's just getting that that run of form together, and they're finally starting to do it again. As I said, at the right time of the season. Yeah. There's no reason why they can't. Yeah, they haven't failed to score now in their last seven games, which, as you say, goals have been the problem this season. Yeah. But the likes of Kiefer Moore and um, Jay, what's his name, Low. Um, Jamalo, Jamalo. <laughs> uh, they've really started to uh, look like they get a bit of confidence in them which yeah. is something they've been drastically lacking they're two points from safety now Wigan but making a real fight of it one win in Millwall's last six games though the wheels have <laughs> come off a bit of their playoff push haven't they quite yeah. quickly as well no definitely um, it, is, it is a poor run of form for, for Gary outside disappointing as well and obviously I praised Sean Hutchinson last week for scoring goals, and he does it again this week, which mm, just not in the right, just net. not in the right end. Yes, um, you'd argue that they should have had a penalty today, which that could have swung. Sorry, yesterday they, that could have swung the game. Obviously, Ryan Woods fouled outside the box mm. by the referee's interpretation, but he was a good six, seven inches inside the box. So yeah, bizarre one from the referee. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But as we say. Millwall at one point when I spoke to Michael Avery from mm-hmm. the uh, Millwall Supporters Club he was saying that he was pretty confident they finished in the top six and maybe could even go further but that doesn't look like it's going to be happening anytime soon does it now? I think the fact that Preston are picking up points now because mm-hmm. at the time when Millwall were really on form Preston had dipped a little bit um, yeah sorry Preston are, Preston are picking up points Forrester obviously almost consolidated their place in the playoffs now um, it's that sixth place but Preston's starting to pull away now yeah. and it is going to be difficult and even if Preston don't get there you've still got Bristol City Blackburn Swansea mm-hmm. uh, three teams who are definitely capable of finishing in the playoffs you've got to say more likely than Millwall as well so yeah. I mean at one point it did look like it could be a possibility, but now it looks like a very slim possibility. Still a, still a good season for Millwall. Also, a very good season. I mean, the way things were going at the start of the season under Neil Harris, you, you had to say that relegation was a possibility, but mm-hmm. uh, that's not the case anymore. And it's a foundation to build on, isn't it, for Definitely. heading into next season. Barnsley won Middlesbrough nil. It's all going very tits up for Middlesbrough. <laughs> what, what to make of this? <laughs> what to make of this? I mean, where do we even start? Because, I mean, Jonathan Woodgate has had a few interesting comments to make. Yes. Um, but Middlesbrough, just a couple of points now from the relegation zone. Well, I praised Borough, what, three, four weeks ago? It wasn't long ago that I was, I was, you know, talking very positively about them. Mm. And, that, you know, performances were there, but it is a it is a long winless run now and fans are starting to turn. Woodgate is starting to turn again. He's, I, I don't think it's a case of starting to turn. I think they, they, they to. Sorry, yeah, they have turned. Uh, Wood, but Woodgate's going back into that weird phase where he's saying weird stuff. Yeah, coming up with crazy comments. <laughs> yeah, it's... When, when the pressure cranks up, it's already done it this season and Woodgate failed that test and he's failing it again. Mm. And mm. that's when he starts making crazy comments. Exactly. Well, what's he going to come up with next? Who knows? The yeah. earth is flat. Oh, my God. Stuff like that. That's another podcast. Well, <laughs> that's another topic to talk about. Uh, but, yeah, Millwall, uh, Millwall, Middlesbrough, without a win now since New Year's Day, mm-hmm. it's a very concerning time. They are sliding rapidly towards the relegation zone, whereas Wigan, as we say, are making their way up the table and charging down and closing the gap on the teams that were just above yep. the relegation zone. Um, you've got to say it's a concerning time to be a Middlesbrough fan. Uh, we'll talk about Jonathan Woodgate's comments in a sec, because mm-hmm. I know there's one you highlighted particularly. Um, but this result, it's against a, it's a six-pointer at the end of the day, isn't it? And no, definitely. Yeah. You can't afford to lose games like this. That, absolutely, and I think one of the quotes you're going to touch on is is Woodgate having an experienced side well yes that's what he said he's he was asked why he dropped the likes of Hayden Colson yeah and uh, didn't play Jed Spence who, uh, who have been probably their one of their two of their best players in the last sort of eight or nine games this season probably this season but especially in their last eight or nine mm. games and instead he played the likes of George Friend mm-hmm. and basically picked an experienced side um, there weren't too many young players in there yeah and he said for some reason that he thinks the experienced players need to be playing in games like this. Even well, though Hayden Colson was probably their best player last week. Yeah. 
it's just bizarre, isn't it? Uh, I think the fact that we're almost dumbfounded and not speechless, but we're just like, we're, we can't, we're struggling to decipher. Can't get our heads around it. No, it, it, it's weird. And as I said already, those two, Colson and, and Dead, Dead Spence especially, they've been two of Borough's best players, mm. most consistent players. The the experienced players against Barnsley, they failed that test. There's no way that they can't go again into next week in the same team. They've not done it all season. They're, they're failing badly and they're, they're, they're dropping like a stone. Yeah, and it, it, a couple of weeks ago, I'll say a couple of weeks ago, it's probably more like a couple of months ago now, they looked like they were going to finish mid-table, mm-hmm. maybe even push for the top half because things look like they really yeah. turned around. Woodgate has got his head around the whole management thing. But it's seriously gone wrong recently. And... Yeah, would you go as far to say they're more likely to go down at the moment than Wigan? Form-wise, yeah. And when your manager's saying stuff like this, and almost it does seem like he's like he's lost the fans. Players have turned uh, fans have turned on the players as well. Certainly, they're they're a sure not a sure bet, but they're more likely to go down than a team that's in form like Wigan. Yeah, that's the worry that the fact that Wigan and Barnsley, Luton to a certain extent, have turned the form around. Yeah. But how do you solve this situation then? Do you get rid of Woodgate or do you just stick with him and hope that he manages to uh, turn things around or say to him, you need to keep these young players in the team because they're our best hope of staying up? When you lose the fans, it's very difficult to come back from that. As soon as the fans turn, it's very difficult um, because they don't get behind the team and what does a team with low confidence need? They need the fans on the side. Mm. So Leeds and Forest next. Pulis. Get Pulis. Get Pulis back. Uh, Barnsley, massive win for them, though. Cannot underestimate that no, at all. Yeah, Especially with uh, the results from the other teams mm-hmm. down there as well. Yeah. You need to be picking up points in these situations, otherwise they could have very well been cut adrift themselves. Well, they've been cut adrift twice this season mm. um, by a large points gap on, yeah, as I say, two separate occasions. Um, this season and they've, they, they've clawed their way back um, but it's those runs of form where they do dip that ultimately they're shooting themselves in the foot each time um, but it's, it is a big win um, against a team that is down there with them and you know credit credit to them uh, I think Nathan Jones mentioned it on Quest last night that they're second behind Leeds for pressing which I don't know how you get hold of the stats like that you got you got to pay for that sort of thing, but I'll take Nathan. Judge it by yourself. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Nathan Jones's word for it. That's that's massive. That's confidence in your tactical ability, um, and I think that self confidence in your side is going to help getting out of the relegation zone. And obviously, Connor Chaplin getting back amongst the goals is massive. Yeah, well, him and Colin Woodrow both massively in form at the moment and Jacob Brown as well and they'll need them heading into the business end of the season another relegation six-pointer was Charlton beating Luton 3-1 after a double from Lau Taylor and he really showed his what he's goal. all about his first goal his first goal was absolutely super awesome beautiful stuff there is going to be a massive queue of clubs waiting to sign him when his contract runs out in the I summer. think yeah it'll be a case of him choosing what's right for him or what do you think's right for him where do you think he should go well do you want my unbiased opinion? Are you going to say Derby? I was going to say Derby. Yeah, I'd love that Derby. <laughs> um, but unbiased opinion, I think teams like, I know he was linked with Brentford in January transfer window, so a team like Brentford, if they're still in the Championship, that'd be a good move for him. But what, um, what kind of club do you think he's best off going to? Because we know he's getting on a bit. He'll be 30 this year, I, I think. Um, so you're looking at someone who needs an instant impact, really, don't you? Someone who could potentially push for the playoffs next season. I think... He, he doesn't want to go to Brentford because he's not going to get in the team, is he? Unless suppose, Ollie yeah. Watkins were to leave. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I guess, when you put it like that, someone like Bristol City, uh, Preston, they Preston need a I mean, good Bristol striker. City have got Naki Wells, though. Yeah, but you'd take Lyle Taylor. But would he get into the team again? I think he would, yeah. On ability, yeah. Definitely. What, ahead of Naki Wells? Naki Wells, Jeju, yeah. Wyman is better than Wyman and Jeju, I think. So you'd say Lyle Taylor will get in ahead of Naki Wells? No, you're getting alongside Naki Wells. Oh, you played them both? Yeah, they're quite similar though, aren't they? Mm, Naki Wells' game's changed slightly. He's a bit more of an all-round striker now. Mm. 
I'd say someone like Preston would make sense. Although, uh, with the amount of demands that Lyle Taylor would be able to attract, I think he's going to be <laughs> asking for a decent amount of money. That, whether Preston would be willing to dish that yeah, out, I'm that, not too that, sure. That's what I mean. It's the the ball is in Lyle Taylor's court. He's on a free transfer. He's in good form. He's a coup for any side in the championship. So yeah, as I say, negotiations are with him. Mm. I think you're looking at mid-table championship side, really, who could potentially push for the playoffs. Uh, Off know. the top of my head, I, I can't think of anyone, but so someone in that bracket. But but what you get with Lyle Taylor is somebody who is clearly having a, uh, you know, he's a late bloomer, really, isn't he? Yeah, swan song. A swan song, yes. Uh, very good performance from Charlton, though, for, for the whole team, really. Uh, despite three wins from Charlton's last five, there's still only five points from safety. So they're definitely not out of it yet, but they've given themselves a good platform to come away from the bottom three, haven't they? Well, yeah, they're winning games at a time where the teams around them are starting to pick up points. Um, well, sorry, the, the bottom three are starting to pick up points. Mm. And the teams um, around them aren't really picking well, yeah, up points. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a good time to be picking up points. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're doing it, you know, they went a goal down against, against Luton. Um, Charlton between um, November and January would have crumbled. They'd have crumbled. Um, so, yeah, they've turned around that game and they've got players back. Um, the younger players looking good, like Alfie Doherty, he looks a really good prospect. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's looking a little bit rosier for Charlton. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but were they a bit lucky because Luton had a goal disallowed mm. and it was tight to say the very least what were your feelings about it I would side with Graham Jones on that I I reckon uh, for a split second decision I'd said I'd have said Collins was on side mm. well let me just um, explain it for anyone who hasn't seen it was it James Collins who mm. tapped it in the yeah. ball is kind of played square and there's a Charlton defender who is outstretched, which, from my perspective, looks like he's keeping Collins on. Mm-hmm. But it's incredibly tight, and it doesn't help that the camera angles no. that were shown weren't particularly great. No. But from the one that I've seen, it looks like Luton were a bit unlucky here. Yeah, as a, as a linesman, you've got to be cocksure in those sorts of decisions. Um, and I think it was too tight to call offside for mm. it. So... It's unlucky for Graham Jones, and obviously I'm an advocate of VAR, and so is Graham Jones. So I'm I'm going to side with Graham Jones because he wants VAR. Yes. Okay. Fair he, he could have been wrong on this on this scenario, but <laughs> because he wants VAR, I'm with him. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, three wins from five before this game for Luton. So disappointing result against a fellow relegation mm-hmm. battler. Bottom of the table, six points from safety. They're still giving themselves a bit of hope, but. They're still very much swimming against the tide, aren't they? Yeah, they have been for for a while now. Um, it's those sort of runs of form that give you a bit of hope, and then it comes crashing down. But as Graham Jones said in his post match presser, presser that you know those decisions they can change the the swing of a game, and um, I think it didn't in in Charlton's favour. I think they they Luton struggled after that, and it it showed this. They, they got back into the game. Yeah, Stoke got a massive win by beating Cardiff 2-0. A big three points in the end. Uh, and it was a relatively simple three points, really, because mm-hmm. Cardiff didn't really trouble Stoke no. too much. Uh, but this result means they move up to 19th, three points above the relegation zone, which says a lot about how important this win was, because they would have been level on points with Wigan. Uh, we still expect Stoke to pull away, really, don't we? Yeah, we do, but... As soon as we start saying that, they'll they'll lose a couple of games and then they'll be mm. stuck back into it. They've done that all season, really. Um, you, you'd expect it, though, wouldn't you? Because you look at the teams down there, um, excusing the bottom three, Huddersfield, struggling, Middlesbrough, we've just spoken about, really struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlton picked up a bit of form recently, mm-hmm. um, still very much capable of slipping down into the yeah. relegation battle and Hull on this alarming run of form. Stoke... They've got more hope than those teams, haven't they? And that's when when the bottom three are already occupied by three teams who aren't great, really, are they? No, perhaps. um, Yeah, no, sorry, sorry. Certainly, yeah. Uh, If they can keep Tyrese Campbell fit, I think that's going to help him because, again, he looked really good against He's been a revelation, hasn't he? Absolutely. And Nick Powell, his form's started to come up a bit as well. Another revelation. Yep. Weirdly. Well, it's a revelation in the way that 
He stayed fit. He's like a new signing, even though he signed in the summer. Yeah. Because he's been struggling to keep his fitness up, which is something that's dogged Nick Powell pretty much throughout his career, really. Um, but now he's suddenly come into form and looking like he could mm. be single-handedly dragging Stoke out of the relegation battle. Uh, they've got to play four out of the five teams below them, which, again, is kind of like the is-this-an-advantage-disadvantage situation. That's hindered them this season, hasn't it? They've they've struggled to pick up points below them. I know there haven't been a lot of teams that have been below them this season, mm. but they've struggled in those games. I mean, it, it won't surprise me because Stoke have had some sloppy results this exactly, season, really exactly. sloppy results. Um, but the fact that they've got to play those sides, I mean, really, you'd want to be playing someone like, I suppose... Reading, QPR, Hull. Teams have nothing to play for. Well, Hull, to a lesser extent, because they still yeah. could very well get dragged into it. But teams who haven't got anything to play for mm-hmm. as much as uh, the likes of Stoke. But at the same time, if you get three points against a team that's below you, obviously creates a bit of a gap, doesn't it? Absolutely. So it's hard to say whether it's an advantage or not. A disappointing result for Cardiff. They'd actually been unbeaten since New Year's Day before this game. Quietly, which, quietly gone about that. Yeah, really quietly. And had... A good chance, really, of getting into the playoffs, mm-hmm. but they've uh, also had a bit of a slip. And it, for me, I can just see their season fizzling out from this point now, really. Yeah, it's only Harris's third defeat as Cardiff manager, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, they they struggled against Stoke and didn't really didn't really put up a put up a fight. No. I think not having Lee Tomlin. Um, is that 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 didn't help at all? He's, well, that, let's go been, back to what I said before. That yeah. He's a contender for you know being one of the top twenty players this season. I wouldn't go as far to say yeah. player of the season, but he has he he's if there's a one man team this season, it probably is Cardiff because God knows where they'd be without Lee Tomlin. No, definitely, and well, God knows where they'd be if he'd been playing from the start of the season as well. Yeah, there's there's two sides to that coin, but he's going to be out for. The foreseeable now, isn't he? And mm. you, you can, as you said, almost see the season fizzling out. Um, we didn't give them much hope of getting in the playoffs, even when they were still amongst those teams yeah, it was that a- were that had a decent chance of getting in the playoffs. But yeah. as you say, without Tomlin, they you haven't got much hope, have you? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the playoffs, Swansea still have a good chance of getting there, despite a run of no wins. Uh, no wins in five before their victory against Huddersfield mm-hmm. this weekend. They beat them 3-1. Good win for them. And as I say, still very much amongst it. They're ninth and just five points behind Preston in sixth. So, still got to say they're very much amongst it, aren't they? Yeah, it was a, it was a massive win for Swansea. Um, even more so because, I say, Huddersfield kept Derby quiet last week. And obviously Derby at home are very, are very, very good. Um, you almost had, had, well from a Huddersfield perspective, hope that they do the same against Swansea, but Swansea were just too good for them. They yeah. they, 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 they had fringe players come in and, and, and play well, um, which again for Swansea, I haven't seen much rotation in their side this, this season. Um, so that that was a massive positive for him and as you say, it keeps keeps them in the hunt for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be pointed out, the, player, the teams they've played in that run of games... Mm-hmm are not great teams at all. I'm no. talking, you know, Hall, QPR, Derby away from home, uh, Stoke, some poor results in there. So they needed this result, especially because their next games, Fulham, Blackburn, West Brom, are very tricky indeed. Yeah, so, yeah. But if they can get some shock results there, then they could easily be amongst the playoff places. Yeah, they? I think over the next three or four games, you're going to see... What the makeup is yeah. for the end of the season? It's a massive test for them, isn't it? Def- massive test, no, definitely, and definitely. it's going to pretty much be the story of their season. Mm-hmm. These next three games, whether or not they can, whether or not they can get results, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Huddersfield, as mentioned, they are just a place above Wigan in twenty-first. Mm-hmm. Again, they're they're very much in the same bracket as Stoke in the way that we keep thinking they're going to pull away, but yeah, then they, they don't. One of the reasons why they haven't pulled away is because Colin Grant's form has gone off a cliff massively, hasn't it? Yeah, since December, I think he's only scored two goals, um, which is poor by his standards. We were really waxing lyrical about him um, earlier on in the season, and he has played the majority of games. I know he's been out injured recently, but he has mm. played the majority of those games coming in off the left. That's not a help for him. 
Um, okay, yeah, Steve Mounier has his form is picked up, but on each occasion this season, Huddersfield have been relying on one goal scorer, and you can't do that. The whole team needs to chip in, um, and if they're conceding goals, they need to be scoring goals. Um, unfortunately, they're doing well. They are conceding goals, and they're not scoring goals. No, no, so. they're. they're going to have to really turn it around because things are very tight at the bottom and as we say with Wigan's form it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Huddersfield found themselves in the bottom three which is something I would have been very surprised about a a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. Uh, but they have got the players haven't they they did very well in the January transfer window as we both said so hopefully I think they'll they'll turn it around because we want to give the Cowleys a good chance really in the championship haven't they and they haven't really had it yet I, I questioned earlier on in the season whether or not Huddersfield have got the fight in them. After after last season, um, the season before that in the Premier League, their form tailed off mm. and it seeped into the next season. Obviously, they were relegated um, and that's then seeped into this season and they've been really poor. Um, so it's whether or not they, they've got the fight to for, for, for another relegation scrap. Yep. That's it, isn't it? Let's finish with the game of the weekend. It was Birmingham 3, <laughs> Wednesday 3, uh, Monk v Clotet Part 2. Yeah, completely forgot about that. A bit more amicable this time. They, yeah, they, they shook, shook hands. hands. Shook yeah. hands, had a nice although, little chat. Although Clitet was giving him the old finger wag. Yeah, it would be very interesting to know what they were saying. But it seems like they must have had a chat before this game or after the whole controversy in the last meeting between the two. But it seems like it's all been sorted out now, mm. which is nice because I, I, I'd like to see them together again one day because I think they improve each other. Do they? Well, Monk seems to do a lot better when he's got Clotet by his side. Because I'm thinking Middlesbrough, for example, where he didn't have Clotet by his side because he was at Oxford at the time and it all went fairly tits up. Yeah, but it, that's happened, as we discussed last week, that has happened at every single club Monk has been at. Yeah, but he has a better start. It's not gone as tits up. Sorry, it's not been as bad as for bad sure as a tits up when he's got Clotet by his side. Okay. It's still gone tits up, but not as bad. Let's move on. <laughs> Scott Hogan and Lukas Jukovic scored a combined seven in their last five league games. They're turning into one hell of a strike partnership, aren't they? Do you know what it reminds me of? Go on. Peak Emil Heskey and Michael Owen. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. The Except big... Jukovic scores a few more goals than Heskey did. Yeah. Okay. But it's the big man, little man thing. Yeah. And it's working. Um, yeah, it's a throwback, but it's working massively. They're they're the kind of strike partnership who really benefit off each other. Like Jukovic, we had Che Adams last season where he has someone who's quicker than him mm-hmm. and can finish off the chances. It works so much better when he's got someone like that next to him rather than someone like Alvaro Jimenez, for example. Mm-hmm. Whereas Scott Hogan has really struggled uh, for the last four seasons now for his career. Yeah. But he's benefiting massively when he's got someone like Jukovic knocking down the ball to him and putting chances on a plate. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's He's got good ability in the box. Um, not much else outside the box, but he's he just comes alive when, it's, when he's yeah, inside the box. And obviously, we all know what... Lukas Jukovic can do mm. um, and as you say that that partnership is is prospering at the minute yeah massively and if I was Birmingham I'd be doing everything I can to secure Scott I Hogan's mean, signature for next season he's on a fair bit of money I imagine oh, that's yeah. going to be a difficult transfer to, to get especially, especially from Villa especially with Birmingham's financial fair play issues <laughs> but yeah. we won't go into that at the moment uh, and finally Wednesday they're still without a league win in seven games now uh, decent point because Birmingham are in form and at the moment how bad Sheffield Wednesday have been recently. and how bad Sheffield Wednesday have been but they find themselves 12th very much out of the playoff race now aren't they yeah, so, no, yeah. uh, let's go to the other news from the week Justin we'll start off with one that's close to home for you BBC Derby analyst Craig Ramage has been mm-hmm. sacked after controversial comments he uh, he said something along the lines of the young black players at Derby need to be brought down a peg yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah, um, understandable that he's been sacked, oh, really, hasn't yeah. he? Um, we won't go too in detail about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Braithwaite, former Middlesbrough striker, has gone to Barcelona. Stuff dreams are made of. The stuff dreams are made of. It's been one that has been talked about quite a lot. Uh, we won't go into all the nitty-gritty about it's why it's happened weird, outside the January transfer window, because it seems like an absolutely balmy rule that has been 
in place in La Liga. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's something to do with emergency strikers. Yeah, but now You've got emergency goalkeepers, but apparently they've got emergency strikers but now, over there. But now Laganas need an emergency striker, but they're not allowed to sign one. No, so. no, it's an absolute state. But the fact that they've signed Martin Braithwaite, who was absolute tosh for Middlesbrough in the Championship, and now he's playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world. And he's probably going to start from the sounds of it. The best emergency striker going has always been Chef Kikuchi. Get him out of retirement. Get him out of retirement. If he ever retired. If he, he might just be roaming around Finland exactly. sco- somewhere, just scoring goals and then just diving. Doing a big dive. Absolutely. Uh, former Stoke midfielder Gianni Imbrula has been released by Stoke after uh, a very unsuccessful transfer. He signed for £18 million a few seasons ago now. He's on massive wages and has ultimately flopped. They've cancelled his contract. He's gone. It's pretty much happened to every big Stoke signing that Mark Hughes made. It pretty much sums up why they're in the state they're in at the moment, yeah. really, doesn't it? Because they have made some awful, awful signings. Yeah. Awful signings. And he is probably the highlight. Him and Berahino, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I forgot about Berahino. Christ. Uh, Barnsley have been fined £20,000 and ordered to implement an action plan after Stoke midfielder James McLean was the target of sectarian abuse. Uh, we'll move on from that. Erling Haaland was apparently conceived in the dressing rooms at Ellen Road. That's bizarre. <laughs> uh, a teammate of Haaland's dad, Jan Arg Fjortorf, um made the comment. Apparently, <laughs> apparently it's just a joke. I haven't I, I haven't heard the interview, um, but it's still a strange comment to make. But yeah. apparently that's why he's so good at the moment. Just Haaland, because he was conceived okay. at Ellen Road. Apparently Haaland qualifies to play for England oh yeah well it, it had, I presume he's played for is it Norway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He's, so, yeah he's played for Norway yeah, now but, yeah, he's he, born in Leeds wasn't he yeah yeah imagine I mean he's a striker this year for the Euros well, he so, does for the Euros yeah. yeah he would have been very useful uh, Preston manager Alex Neal doesn't let his kids win at Connect Four why would you I'm in that bracket I've got nieces and nephews. I wouldn't let them, I wouldn't let them win. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say you had kids then. No. <laughs> That'd be a pleasant surprise. Like, you know. uh, but that was in an interview that he's done this week. Um, would you, you... You don't let your kids win it? Not your kids. <laughs> your nieces and nephews win at Connect Four? No, I, I play a lot of Mario Kart with my, my nephew. and Just put them in the place. Yeah, it's, it's character building, isn't it? You can't... It's harsh, but they have They have to deal with defeats as well as victories. And Okay. I'll take your word for it. I feel like you've got to be a bit kinder to them when they're that young, but I'm, I'm not the Preston manager, so that shows why I'm just doing a podcast on Preston instead. In that same interview, his mum, Alex Neal's mum also said um, she wanted him to have a hair transplant. A hair transplant? Yeah. Why? Because he's bald. Still, you've got to embrace your boldness, as we'll both yeah, we'll be, find out, yeah. we'll be finding out in what, five years' time. I hope my mum doesn't say the same thing. <laughs> And finally, Stormzy, the rapper, has been given the very first black card for Greggs, which means he gets unlimited Greggs for the rest of his life. It's good timing now. The vegan sausage roll is as popular as it is. Mm. I'm sure he needs the black card. I'm sure in the multi-million pound record deals that he does, he (laughs) He needs unlimited Greggs. He's still trying to find the change for a sausage roll. But, okay, apparently it's not going to be rolled out everywhere. It's only going to be given to... Greg's biggest fans. I, did, I didn't know he was one of Greg's biggest fans. Neither did I, but apparently he is. Hmm, fair play. Uh, let's do some polls, Justin. At the start of the show, we asked you three questions. Three interesting questions. They're pretty simple ones, actually, because they're pretty straightforward. We'll start off with the first one. Uh, will Leeds and West Brom now go up automatically? They've created a bit of a gap at the top, and 67% said yes. Yeah. You agree? No, um, um, yeah. I think um, Brentford had the best chance. Obviously, they dropped points again. Uh, Fulham have got the squad to do it, but performance-wise, they're not they're, they're not great. Um, so, yeah, those two are probably the, the best two sides in the division. So. Mm. Fair enough. Which of these teams is in most danger of going down? This one is very tight, mm. and it's a very interesting one, Justin. The options were Charlton, Huddersfield, Hull and Middlesbrough. Which one are you going for? I'd say Borough. Borough actually had the least votes. Interesting. 
Um, Hull had more votes than Middlesbrough. They, their form is terrible. Mm. So It's concerning. But Huddersfield had the most votes. They had 30% of the vote. Uh, Hull had 24. And then Charlton and Middlesbrough 23. So tight. Did you not stick Stoke in there? No, I left Stoke out because, as we just stated, I've, we assume that they're going to move away from it. But I, I can't imagine Stoke would have finished with less... Would have got more votes than those four. Yeah, I suppose. But unfortunately, Twitter only lets you do four... Uh, options and finally who would win in a fight Tyson Fury Anthony Joshua or Lee Johnson is Lee Johnson is he up against it it's purely a boxing match um, but it's a three way it's a triple threat in the wrestling world I wouldn't I've gone with uh, the phrase three way for boxing um I mean, given that Lee Johnson's a little bit of experience in that, um, I'd edge for the two professional boxers. Uh, Tyson Fury got 52%. Okay. Lee Johnson got 40%. Okay. Anthony Joshua got 8%. <laughs> so, a bit harsh on Joshua, isn't it? Well, I mean, Lee Johnson, he, he, he'd be like Rey Mysterio in the, uh, in <laughs> in the <boxing>. scenario. <laughs> 619, Anthony Joshua... And then Tyson okay. Fury just, you know, comes in and choke slams him. Yeah. That, that's okay. how I imagine it would go anyway. Uh, Craig Bryson Pub Quiz time, Justin. It's that time of the week. Where Justin has a player for me, a mystery championship legend who has made at least 200 championship appearances and will have played relatively recently. He's got six clues that he's just about to ask me. So first of all, Justin, can you give me the first clue, please? I will give you the first clue. Thank you. I've made 335 appearances, scoring 36, assisting 34. I've chucked in an extra stat. That sounds like a midfielder. Uh, 335 is a lot, though. It is a lot. Uh, Dean Marnie. No. He's come up before. Has he? Yeah, fair enough. I've won, from, uh, I've won promotion from the Championship twice, in 2003-2004 and 2013-2014. Cool, that's a big gap. But I only made four appearances in the Premier League. Okay. Uh, 2013-14. I hate this because I I keep going back to try and remember who got promoted then, but I can ever remember. You just don't have enough time to remember. No. Um, Let's go with somebody like Ross Wallace. No. Can't even think... Who he played for in 2003. No. no. I was part of the infamous Greatest Escape Guide. Um, West Bromwich Albion. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Zoltangira? No. Only Is he made, part of that side? I only made four appearances. Uh, yeah, he's played more than that in the Premier <laughs> League, hasn't he? That's a naughty one, that is. I'll tell you. Go on. I signed for Leicester City in 2008, being Nigel Pearson's second signing before being released in 2014. So he was there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so West Brom and Leicester. I feel like that should be fairly obvious who that is, but... The, West, the West Brom one is... Yeah, I don't think that's like obvious. Oh, OK. Do you not play for much for them? 21. 21 games. Mm, okay. Let's go with somebody like Richie Wellens. No. That is literally just... Played for Leicester, didn't he? Yeah, I don't think he played for West Brom, though. Well, if he didn't... If he's not very much renowned for his... It's not him, Brom. so we can move right, on. Right, okay. How many clues have I got left? Two. Okay. I've played for ten clubs in the Championship. Ten? Ten. And he spent six years at Leicester. <laughs> six years at Leicester, Christ. yeah. <laughs> Most notably Leicester City, Watford and Burton Albion. I know who it is. It's um, Lloyd Dyer, isn't it? It is, yes. Thank God for that. <laughs> the last clue might have given it away, uh, but it was a bit crap. My brother Wayne Dyer also played professionally. And would you have said Wayne much. Dyer? Yeah, I would have. If you said Wayne, it would have been a bit tricky. My but... brother Wayne? Yeah. Okay. If it is because if you said Wayne Dyer, it kind of gives it away that his second name is Dyer. Yeah, but it could have been... Kieran Dyer. Kieran Dyer. Or, or Bruce, Danny. Bruce Dyer. Or Danny Dyer. <laughs> you don't know who Bruce Dyer is, do you? Who is Bruce Dyer? He played for Sheffield United. 
Oh, okay. Uh, he, he was more, better known at other clubs. I've never anyway. heard of Bruce Dyer in my life. Well, either way, Lloyd Dyer, it's nice to hear him mentioned. Yeah, he, he was a thorn in Derby's side. He was a very good player. He, I liked him a lot. He was one of those who seemed to get better later in his career. Kind of yeah. like Lyle Taylor, really. Yeah. yeah. He was really good for Burton Albion as well. Very good for Burton He's Albion. only just been released this season by Burton. I didn't realise he went back. Mm. But he, yeah, he was at Bolton last season and Burton yeah. this season. Fair play from Moldon to Lloyd. And thank you, listener, for taking part in our show today. As mentioned, we'll be back on Tuesday when we yeah. will be able to give you our uh, day out at Brentford. A lovely day out it was as well. Uh, we'll also have midweek games this week as well, so you'll have an episode on Thursday. We're just throwing stuff at you. There's so yeah. much stuff going on. I didn't realise midweek games. Yeah, there is. We're getting to the business end, Justin. It's coming thick and fast. So much football. So much football, and we love it, as do you. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Selling a little? Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.